Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word. Together, I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we begin the book of Obadiah. Now, we both begin and end the book of Obadiah because it is one chapter, so one episode here. And we're going to go through the whole book. Now, you might ask, where's Obadiah? Well, it's after Amos and between Jonah, so before Jonah. And it's often flipped over because it's really, in most Bibles, about two pages. And so most people flip over it or have never read it. But it's important. But it's also a—he's the definition of a minor prophet, and it's also an odd prophet because he doesn't prophesy to— Israel, the northern kingdom, nor does he prophesy to Judah, the southern kingdom. He prophesies to Edom, which was uh, from the line of Esau, Jacob's brother, and he is prophesying or a, a prophecy of judgment to them. So this is a little bit of history here. This is after the fall of the northern kingdom and after the fall of the southern kingdom. So both northern and southern kingdom, Judah and Israel, both have fallen, Judah to the Babylonians. And it's in this time that Obadiah is bringing judgment to Edom out of all places. Now, why? We're going to dig into that. So he says, this is the word of the Lord and what he said about Edom. And he says, and he's going to, one through four, he's going to tell them, why there's judgment coming. And we're going to see it is their heart, their arrogant heart. So verse three, your arrogant heart has deceived you. And that deception will continue as a theme in the next little section. But he says, your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of rocks, you live in the high places. That's a place of safety, a place of, you know, you're above everybody else, but also you're safe and secure. And he goes, and you say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? And it's like you're soaring like an eagle in verse four, and you make your nest among the stars, but it's yet from even there, I will bring you down. This is the Lord's declaration. He's saying your arrogance is the problem. So don't get haughty. Don't get arrogant and think you're safe. Even if you put your nest in the heavens, I can find you there because it's not above me. The Lord will bring down those who set themselves up high. And Edom has set themselves up in arrogance and pride and safety. Oh, we're safe. We're secure. We don't have to worry about anything. And God says, no, I will bring you down even from there. Verses five through eight, he's going to talk about thieves coming and destroying them. Grape pickers leaving some of the grapes. He says in verse six, how Esau will be pillaged. His hidden treasures treasures searched out. Everyone who has a treaty with you will drive you to the border and everyone at peace with you will deceive and conquer you. He goes, don't get secure with your treaties. Don't get secure with those you have peace with. They are deceiving you. They will destroy you. You're not safe. Verses 8 kind of tells us a little bit of why. In that day, this is the Lord's declaration, will I not eliminate the wise ones? God's going to destroy the wise ones. The warriors will shake and they'll be destroyed. Verse 10, why? Why is God making this pronouncement a judgment? Here we go. You will be covered with shame and destroyed forever because of violence done to your brother Jacob. That would be, in this case, the southern kingdom of Judah because Jerusalem has fallen to the Babylonians. Well, what's with that? Verse 11, on that day you stood aloof. On that day that they were destroyed, you stood by and you watched. On that day that strangers captured his wealth. And they're they're your brothers. That's what he's saying. They were your brothers. They were related to you. From, from your line, from Esau and Jacob, and you watched as foreigners entered the gates of Jerusalem and took and plundered. He says in verse 12, don't gloat over your brother. And in verse 13, or he continues that, don't rejoice. 
in the day of their destruction. Don't boast, mock, uh, don't boastfully mock them in the day of their distress, and don't enter the people's gates in the day of their disaster. Yes, you do not gloat over their misery in the day of their disaster. That's verse 13. Do not appropriate their possessions. Don't take advantage of the fact they've been destroyed. Don't walk in there and take stuff. You stood by and did nothing, and now you're going to walk in there and take things? No, don't do that. He says in verse 14, don't stand at the crossroads and cut off their fugitives, and do not hand over their survivors in the day of distress. How they're handling the people of Judah is wrong, and God is judging them for it. Verse 15, for the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. That's still true today, by the way. The day of the Lord's judgment is near. It always has been. As you have done, it will be done to you. What you deserve will return to your own head. This is what God's judgment will look like. What you have done to others will be done to you. Everything that you have done will return to your own head. Verse 16, as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and gulp down and be as though they had never been. They'll be destroyed by it. They're going to destroy themselves. But there will be a deliverance. So, man, there's destruction. There's judgment. Edom has done what is wrong. God is going to judge them. But watch this, verse 17. Now, this promise of restoration, this promise of deliverance isn't for the people Obadiah is talking to. It's actually for the people of Judah. This is almost written to Edom so that the people of Judah might get a hold of it and read, yes, even Edom who stood by and watched will be destroyed. But hey, verse 17 is for you people who are in disarray, but there will be a deliverance on Mount Zion and it will be holy. The house of Jacob will dispossess those who have dispossessed them. Jacob will rise again. Ju- Jerusalem will rise again. Those who dispossessed them. Verse 18, the house of Jacob will be a blazing fire and the house of Joseph a burning flame. But for the house of Esau, stubble. He's saying for you, Edom, you'll be nothing. You'll be no more. There is no restoration for you, but for my people, those who I've called, those who I've watched over, it will be holy. It will be great. They will become like a fire blazing. You can see for miles. They will dispossess those who have dispossessed them. And again, that's both a past, present, and a future hope. There's the the past, the, the establishment of the nation of Israel. They dispossessed people to return to the land, but yet God has something even bigger in mind, the ultimate dispossession of the people, wicked people, evil people, unrighteous people, and and God will dispossess them so that his people might have land forever. This is a future hope of an eternal kingdom in Christ. He He continues and says, Jacob will set them on fire and consume Edom, but for Edom no survivor will remain. The Lord has spoken, but he gives, and as he ends, the book, he ends with blessings for not Edom, but Israel. People from Negev will possess the hill country of Esau. Those for those from the Judean foothills will possess the land of the Philippines. They will possess the territories of Ephraim and Samaria, while Benjamin will possess Gilead. And the exiles of Israel who are in Halah and who are among the Canaanites as far as Zebrapath, as well as the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Seraphod, Seraphod, will possess the city of Negev. Survivors, or in this case, he says, saviors or those who have been redeemed, those who have been called back to God, will ascend Mount Zion. Remember, redemption comes at Mount Zion. They will ascend Mount Zion and rule over the hill country of Esau, but the kingdom will be 
the Lord's. And the last words of Obadiah are that future hope that, yes, they will possess over the nation of Esau and ultimately all the nations of the world, but it will be not their kingdom. It will be the Lord's kingdom. There is a promise of a future kingdom where God reigns supreme and righteousness and justice and truth and grace and mercy are the law of the land. And there is peace for those who follow Christ. There is glory for those who worship a holy God. But there is punishment and there is judgment for those who do not seek the Lord and live. So as we end Obadiah, hear the message. Arrogance will be brought down. If you watch by idly as sin happens and you do nothing and you participate in it, there is judgment for you. God does not stand for that forever. And the judgment is absolute. There is no survivors for that. And, and we know throughout the Bible, it is hell that, that is the payment for. the. That's what you get for rebelling against the holy God. There is hell, but yet there's a promise. In verse 17 of Obadiah, God will restore. And at the end of Obadiah, verse 21, the kingdom will be the Lord's. And in his kingdom, there will be praising, worshiping, and rejoicing of a holy God. So seek the Lord and live. Follow God today. Tear down your pride. Humbly bow before your God and that you might be a part of that future restoration of God's kingdom. And amen to that. Thank you for joining me in Rooted Together podcast. And I look forward to joining you in Jonah next time. I'll see you there. <laughs>